Hello, welcome to Telling Stories. In the next few weeks, we'll be celebrating the fifth anniversary of The Trooping Show and the opportunities The Trooping Show has brought me as a person and as a professional writer in professional wrestling. And so this week, I thought I would take an aberration from our Best of British series, as we have done in the past, to look at a piece that I wrote some five years ago and was one of the pieces that helped me get a job at WrestleTalk TV. Ben Spindler found this on the WrestleTalk forum, and uh, I became the champion of the forum. Literally, there was a scoring system on the forum, and I apparently was still champion when the forum closed many, many years later. Um, and this was the piece that I wrote there that helped me get a job for WrestleTalk TV and got me this podcast and uh, became the podcast channel and really kickstarted my career as a professional writer. It's the first thing I wrote, long form for WrestleTalk, so I hope you enjoy it, but it is pertinent. And part of the podcast I did with Ben, which was our fifth anniversary State of the Union address, uh, we talked about the actual idea of what pro wrestling is. And though I would change a few things about this, these are my thoughts back then in 2014 to uh, air them once again for prosperity of the five years of the Troopany show. The piece is called, What is Pro Wrestling? My personal thoughts will be that wrestling is different depending on the culture of those who are watching. Ben Spindler's storyline-driven worked entertainment, my preference would be those two guys in the ring because I prefer in-ring content as I've been culturally determined to do and that is why things are so hard to answer. What we need to do is apply some Foco and Bartes let us examine the experience and do a little deconstruction and see where that finds us. But let's start with Socrates. Socrates explained that we have any ideal for everything in our heads. If I ask you to describe a chair, you will undoubtedly say four legs, a seat, a backrest. So why is that a chair? Because we have a preconceived set of social constructs that advise us that an object with four legs, a seat, and a backrest is a chair. We have this notion because we have come to define what we see in the languages we speak and how we associate words with objects. When we describe wrestling, we could say two people who have an issue who have decided to meet a predetermined date that has been hyped by the media. When they meet, some form of physical interaction will take place. You could say the same about boxing or MMA, though, so we have to dig a little deeper. We know that wrestling is predetermined, so we can add that into the mix. We know there will be some theatrical element, that it won't be just one issue, there will be several on the card, and they may not all be presented in the same way. One match may be a cage match, for instance. However, we have this idealized thought set by the conditioning we have gone under to denote what wrestling is to us. The key difference in how this is presented compared to other sports is that we have bought into the hype more than the match itself. We want to see the match because it will complete, we hope, the story that has been told to us so far. So here is a match to deconstruct. Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. Okay, so I picked the biggest match of all time, but there are reasons for that. What do we see? Well, there is Andre. We know Andre, for his undefeated streak, for his size, for all we know about Andre. His visage has a set of metadata we carry around in our heads, so he started in France. We know that when he was younger, he could throw drop kicks, and he was an all-around good mat wrestler. We know that when he went to America, Vince Sr. sent him out as a touring wrestler when he realized he could be a special attraction. The beer drinking stories. And the friendships with Giant Baba. The shoot with Akira Maeda, his sense of humour, acting in The Princess Bride, all the information I have gathered since reading stories about him. But if I was there in the Pontiac Silverdome, what would I see? A very tall man who, in the notion of kayfabe, should beat the smaller man. I would be there to see if he could do it. The story would hook me in and force me to buy the ticket. Then we see Hulk Hogan. In my place, as a ringsider, I would know he had beaten the Iron Sheik for the title. 
and maybe he's running the AWA, and possibly, if I was well-read, that he was the first IWGP heavyweight champion. However, I would what I would see in person was a tall, bleach-blonde, well-built man charging to the ring to a rain of accolades. I would know why he was so popular and why he was cool. Now I would see the moment that changed wrestling history, how Ogun parlayed this and events like it into a long career. I see all the extra data I have about Andre. Hogan went to WCW, TNA, and so on and so on. Everything I see is about the setup to being a wrestling match. There is a ring, a referee, a timekeeper, and an announcer. All the preconceived notions of everything I expect a wrestling match to present for me. Okay, so let's balance that against something from a different time and place. It is 1998, 11 years later. I'm in a different place with different wrestlers. However, I see a ring announcer, a timekeeper, and a referee in the ring. It's Kenta Kabashi and Tashiko Kawada. Despite the language difference, I see two very determined men walking to the ring for much the same manner as Andre and Hogan. I would have no doubt been the prelude to him watching some interviews with these men, and if I spoke enough Japanese, I would no doubt hear about their build-up to their matches. The theme would be athletic competition, that this was for the Triple Crown. This was about being the best and most athletic. Different to the Hogan and Andre match, that was about friendship and good versus evil. However, am I not hooked in the same way? If I find this interesting, will I not go and buy a ticket? The environment is the same. The result will be the same. Two people performing a wrestling match, but the reasons and the build-up will be different. I have the same metadata reactions to Kabashi and Kawada. Kawada goes on to stay with All Japan. Kabashi forms Noah. I will cry when I see his retirement match. I have these reactions because I'm a fan of Japanese wrestling and I understand the stories clearly through the actions and translations I have found. What people have informed me about, a whole set of Pavlovian reactions that I'm predetermined to absorb because of my fandom, though the approach could not be any different. I'm still interested in both events. Anything that builds up to a confrontation between two people could be considered part of wrestling. It may be simple, and I know for some old-school promoters, they would prefer it that way. It may be more complicated, but the principle has to be that we buy into those characters and care about them enough to want to buy a ticket. When I see a certain wrestler, I have this metadata storage bank in my brain that says something about them. Let's say Daniel Bryan. Well, I know he was Ring of Honor champion. I know that he had some incredible matches with Kenta and Noah. These are my first thoughts. My next thought is King of Trios in Chikara and his exchanges with Johnny Saint. That comes from my cultural heritage, which we all have, whether we like it or not. My preference for British and Japanese wrestling. So the first things I think of are not yes, 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 or his match with Orton at SummerSlam. My thoughts go to what I found interesting about him. The WWE would certainly think that they can tap into me and my money because they don't change his name entirely. They kept some of that indie kid smartness to his name and therefore kept some of the cachet so they could catch me in that metadata manner. My cultural background where I grew up, where I watched and how I watched and read about wrestling gave me a set of cultural touchstones that make the ideal wrestling experience that is mine and mine alone. Yours will be different no matter what. When I say strong style to you, you may think Davey Richards, Eddie Edwards, Kyle O'Reilly, but I think Keiji Muto, Hirohase Masachono. When you say women's wrestling, you may be thinking Natty Neithar, AJ Lee and Gail Kim. I would instantly think Miko Satomura, Manami Toyota and Dynamite Kansai, because that is what I like. That is what I watch the most and what I enjoy. I have been exposed to this product and I like it above all others. I know that I get into it by reading Finn Meyer's writing in the All Japan Women's Promotion in Power Slam 20 years ago. I know that there was the opportunity was afforded me to watch it as much as I could, and everything I've watched and read feeds into that knowledge to help me enjoy it more. So here is another match that can explain that a bit. The Sendai Girls Elimination Generation struggle from October in 2013. It opens with Don Matsumoto versus Takumi Aroha, and its winner stays on. I know that Matsumoto is, or as I perceive it to be, a legend. The top heel in all Japan women for years, and now even in the 50s, she wrestles occasionally. 
Why is she important to this match, though? She's in her 50s. She hasn't been a major draw in years. She's the woman you bring in to pop a crowd every once in a while. In this match, you can only manage one motion that could be called a wrestling move. <laughs> Rojas spends a lot of time bleeding and panting, but she's important. Sendai girls are trying to send a message about the story of this match. This is the young guns of Joshi versus the veterans. The most feared veteran of all takes center stage. The metadata kicks in. The tag team with Bull Nakano, those epic battles with the jumping bomb angels. The haircut matches. Everything I know about her makes her match seem more important in my mind, and on through the show, the story is retold in many different ways. When Yuhi pins Minami Toyota and then, then Takoko Inoue, I know she's become a made woman. That her year will be much more prosperous one because the veterans have chosen the time to pass the torch to her. She'll become the biggest star because of that moment. That is the non-kayfabe me breaking through. Then I hear the music, the hair stands up on the back of my head, and there is Dynamite Kansai in all her glory. She takes off a robe, rolls her shoulders, and I see that look in Yuhi's face. Oh shit, what do I do now? And Dynamite lays in those kicks I've seen a million times before, but are always spectacular, and I'm back to being a fanboy again. The whole match's cultural identity comes not from my watching of wrestling matches, but my appreciation of good documentary. The film Gaia Girls that tells me all I need to know about Joshi Wrestling, but it also another level which gives me an insight into the relationship between Gaia's founder and most famous Joshi of all, Chigasonu Gaio, and a relationship with trainee Miko Satomura. In this match, as the cameras pan up to the crowd, we see the relationship come full circle. Well known to fans of Joshi, Nagayo was Satomura's trainer. The meta information is required to further the storyline that Kigetsu, Satomura's trainee, has gone on to be Nagayo's protege, and the story of betrayal will be told out in the coming months. So then what is wrestling? To each of us it is a different thing that is informed by our cultural disposition and mindset. The cultural exposure received, the taste we develop, like any other form of cultural development, take place in your youth, and we develop them as the opportunity arises. If I'd been born in Austin, Texas, Memphis, Tennessee, or Sendai, Japan, these things would have been very different. And if you ask any wrestling fan what they mean, they will give you a different answer. I hope you've enjoyed that story of my wrestling philosophy. It still holds up today. There are a few things I would change. But this is how I appreciate wrestling, and this is how I appreciate wrestling in the context that it's set. Thank you for listening today. My name is James Troopin. You can find me at Sheriff Lone Star on Twitter. You can find the Troopin Show channel at Troopin Show Twitter. You can find us on Facebook, The Troopin Show, and at Patreon, where you can keep the Troopin Show channel free forever for everyone. Music is by Sheriff Lone Star and the Deputies of Heartbreak. Please go see our sponsors, Indie Empire Magazine, issue 3 out now, and go watch powerslam.tv. Thank you. Take care. We'll see you next week. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv.